Hey everyone, this is True Crime at Lunchtime, hosted by Lindsay and Kayla. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kayla. And we're work besties who love true crime. And this is a true crime podcast providing shorter episodes that you can enjoy on your lunch break. So, Lindsay, what's new with you this week? Well, I'm looking forward to all good things that come when summer comes. The warmer weather, the cookouts, being outside. My mood is much happier when the weather is nice. How about you? I feel the same way. I'm just looking forward to the weekend. I need to catch up on some sleep. Absolutely. Do some Funko shopping, hunting. As always. As always. You know what I was thinking about randomly today was if you were going to have a soundtrack for your life, like just something that's playing in the background as you're walking around doing your everyday task, sort of like Star-Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy as he's just walking through and kicking the space rats and moving about his day, Um, you know, what would your song be? It's a hard question. But of course, it's related to Marvel. But I feel like I'd need a whole mixtape like he has to make it make sense. But one song I would absolutely have on there is Come On, Get Happy. And if you guys have seen Amen and the Wasp, it's that song. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I think I would go with, I think I would go with There She Goes. It's um, the starting song on Gilmore Girls. And it's also on The Parent Trap. When Hallie first goes to England and she's out with um, the mom for the first time. Oh, yeah. I do love that. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. It melts my heart. Yeah. My goal in life is to walk the streets of London like Elizabeth James oh, with yeah. shopping bags and that sassy white You need a power suit. suit. I think I'm going to get a power suit, actually. I think you should. It would suit you. (laughs) Ha Suit you. That's a good one. (laughs) Okay, guys. It's time to pop last night's dinner leftovers into the microwave, and let's dig into the murder of Sierra Joggin. Okay, Kayla. Hit me with those three facts that I need to know before we get into this case. All right. So Sierra's nickname, she went by C. That's what her friends and family called her. This crime takes place in Ohio. And this crime is actually related to a crime that has happened in the past. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear more. So to start us off, Sierra Ursi, as she was called by her friends, she was born on February 11th, 1996 in Sylvan, Ohio. She was described by her family as being full of life and had a great sense of humor. She graduated from Evergreen High School in 2014 And after high school, Sierra attended the University of Toledo, where she was studying human resource management. And it was her junior year at the University of Toledo where Sierra's life was cut short. On July 19th of 2016, Sierra was riding her bike home from her boyfriend Josh's house. And it was around 6.45 in the evening. For a time, Josh was actually riding next to her on a motorcycle. And they went their separate ways around County Road 6 in Ohio. And Josh even took a Snapchat of her riding her bike next to him. 
She was smiling, and they seemed to be having a great night together. Well, that's fun. That's a nice little date night, except he probably had to be going significantly faster than her on a motorcycle, and she was on a bike, unless she was able to pedal pretty pretty quickly. I think he was going pretty slow, and you can always, like, walk on a motorcycle that's a little bit. That's true, yeah. I want to show you the picture. I can't wait. I need I need your looks on this picture. Because you're not familiar with this case. That is so cute. See, these are the kind of pictures that I would love if my husband took of me. I'm like, take my picture all the time. Just constantly take my picture. Cute pictures, like candid pictures. No, he takes pictures of me like sleeping in the car with my mouth open and drooling and snoring. So there's that. Absolutely agree with you on that one. I've had plenty of them as well. And Sierra and Josh were actually together for seven years. Oh, they were together in high school. So sweet. And after they went their separate ways, it had been some time and Sierra had not returned home. And Josh tried to call her and he received no answer, which is not typical of her at all. And that's when her family reported to the police. They did not wait around. They reported very, very quickly because they knew this was so out of character for her. That's good. I really like that people are starting to report quickly rather than waiting. Like, let's put to rest the you have to wait 24 hour myth. If you're listening and you know someone that goes missing or something doesn't feel right or sound right, report it. Let the police check it out and do not wait. You don't have to wait. No, literally just bombard the police. (laughs) Just keep calling them if you need to, but don't let it go if you feel like something's wrong. And after they had called the police, um, quickly a search party was gathered to look for any clues of what had happened to Sierra. So even this community did not wait around. They went on to to search for this girl. I love that. I love the community involvement. And it sounds like this was probably a small town or a smaller town. And heard you mention like a county road. Mm -hmm. That they were riding bikes on, so it must have been. It's a pretty rural area. Sierra's bicycle was found in a cornfield. And it wasn't just, like, by the cornfield or, like, at the front. It was a few rows in. So if you ask me, it seems like it was planted there. Yeah. And then um, her bicycle was not the only thing that was found on the scene. They also found a pair of sunglasses, a screwdriver, and a fuses. And it was reported by the police that in this area, there was a sign of a struggle along with some motorcycle tracks. Okay. So motorcycle tracks. Boyfriend has a motorcycle. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I think about when I hear cornfields? Children of the Corn? No, I've never seen that. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I don't like scary movies. Kayla loves scary movies. I feel that they're just not for me i like real true crime but i do not like fake true crime but as a teenager i would watch some scary movies and every time i think of a cornfield i think of jeepers creepers i love that the director is a piece of shit but i really like those movies no idea they're coming out with a new one i will not be watching (laughs) That should be a lie. We should make you watch it. (laughs) 
don't count me in for Jeepers Creepers, what, four or five? Who knows? <laughs> so back to our case. The most important thing was missing from this scene, which was Sierra. And it was later in the search that a driver noticed a motorcycle helmet and there was a bloody handprint on it. And DNA would confirm that this was Sierra's blood. Okay, the blood was on the helmet. The blood was on a motorcycle helmet that a driver passing by saw and took it to police. And also the police tried to track her cell phone and her Fitbit, which in that picture you could see she was wearing a Fitbit. Yeah, for sure. They used that to try to get her GPS location. Her phone did ping a few miles from where her bike was found, but nothing ever came of this search. And I will say, although a coincidence that Josh was also riding a motorcycle... He was never a person of interest in this case. Hmm. I mean, it's a lot different than a lot of the other cases that we listen to, we've heard, we've researched and covered. Um, Usually that's the first person that they take a look at is the boyfriend or the husband. Well, the reason why they didn't was because his motorcycle helmet, which could be ID'd by his family and Sierra's family, was at his house. Yeah. Police continued their search around the area. A man named James Worley told the police that his motorcycle had broken down in the area and he had lost some items. Hmm. Do you want to take a guess at what those items were? I'm going to say it was probably a helmet and a screwdriver. And the sunglasses. Yep. He said that those were the items that he, that he had lost and they matched the ones that were found by Sierra's bike. And he said that he didn't steal anything or kill anyone. And that was a quote that he gave. Was he someone that lived nearby or was he just passing through? He was very close. He lived about two miles away from where her bike was found. And Um, I'm just going to say, first of all, I know nothing about this case and I've never heard of it before which I find very intriguing because I love to hear a new one and kind of theorize what's going to happen in my head as I'm hearing it. So at first thoughts, I'm thinking that it's probably this guy who has something to do with it as he has now conveniently lost all the items found at the scene of the crime, but I'll let you, I'll let you keep going. And this, this cements it even more. A witness had come forward and said that they saw a van going very fast around this area. And this person actually got the license plate number. Oh my gosh. I love a neighborhood vigilante. This town really is. They should be a crime watch because they did a great job. And they found out that this van belonged to James Worley. What do you know? Not looking good for you, James. No. And it's like James goes out of nowhere in this case. But when you look into his past, there's kind of a lot of coincidences there. So in 1990, Robin Gardner was riding her bike when Worley forced her off the road with his truck. He hit her in the head and put handcuffs around her wrists. He tried to force her into his truck by holding a screwdriver to her neck, but she escaped. And Worley was arrested. And do you want to guess how long he was in prison for? Probably not very long. He was only sentenced to four to ten years, but he actually only served three years. 
why would they let this person back out on the streets knowing that he could be so violent? And that's dangerous. I mean, he tried to kidnap a girl and held a screwdriver to her throat. Oh, this poor girl. I feel so bad for her, but I'm glad she got away. Everything about Robin and Sierra's cases sounded too familiar to police, and they got a search warrant for his home. They were not messing around here. So it sounds like this is happening pretty quickly. It is very quickly. This is something that I love to see in these cases that we've covered that are a bit more recent is there is no time before things are really taking off and they're really being proactive to try to solve what happened to this girl. They were pulling her phone records. They were tracking the Fitbit location. They were doing everything to try to find her. And it was on the property of James Worley that the real horror was uncovered. Police found a dungeon room and it was hidden by hay bales in a barn. Stop. I'm so disgusted. I like can't even. I'm picturing all of this in my head as you're saying it. And I'm sick, physically ill. It's truly horrifying that he had this on his property. And there was also a freezer lined with carpet that had blood on it. This is like some putting people in cages in your backyard bunker. Some Hannibal Lecter shit. Yeah, this is crazy. It it really mind boggles me to think about how people are holding people captive and kidnapping them. Like I think about like this and like Ariel Castro and, you know, just these people that are committing horrific crimes, like right in their backyard. Disgusting. I'm so fired up. I'm just really heated right now. You'll be really heated when police discover that Sierra's DNA was found on a piece of duct tape and an inflatable mattress that was in the barn. It's a heavy sigh. But there was still no sign of Sierra. And he also was not a good super sleuth. He left a digital footprint. Um, His phone had pinged in the area where Sierra went missing. And they also found on his device. And on July 22nd, Worley was arrested for Sierra's disappearance. So this was three days after she had gone missing. He was arrested for her disappearance. Wow. That is really soon thereafter. They were working really quickly. They really were. And the technology that they used, they didn't waste any time. No. They got her cell phone. They were tracking her Fitbit. They were pinging Worley's phone to figure out where he was and figuring out what he was doing, which implicated him even further in the crime. And they also had that neighborhood search party, which I just think was so nice how this neighborhood truly cared about finding this girl. Yeah, they really all came together to try to help this family, which is really commendable. Really great to see. I'm going to dampen the mood a little bit. Uh, Sierra's body was found in a shallow grave in a cornfield, and it was by County Road 7. And she was found by the search party that the, that the neighborhood oh had God. gotten together. I just can't even imagine volunteering and just wanting to help and, you know, help this family receive some closure or to help find someone, you know, if they're missing or lost and coming across something 
potentially horrific. And this was truly horrific. Um, her body was found intact, but she was found bound and gagged. And her cause of death was determined to be asphyxiation due to the gag in her mouth. It was really hard to hear. Um, you know, being a true crime podcast, we want to keep talking about these cases and we want to advocate for these families and we want these stories to be heard because we don't want this victim to be just that, just a, a name on a list, just a, a victim in the news. Like we, we want people to know these stories so that we can help continue to spread awareness. About to say in the end, you're going to get what you, what you are hoping for. I'm actually nauseous just thinking about it. A lot of these cases are just so horrific. Like, you just have to wonder what the fuck is wrong with people. Like, it's so sad. I don't wonder. I don't think shit about James Worley. All I think about is how terrified she was. How she was just home, going home, just riding her bike. Just She was just living her best life. She was about to graduate soon. And then this fucking jackass has to do what they do and just end her life so short when she would have been doing such amazing things. I'm so sad for everyone that knew this girl, this poor boyfriend who was just with her, her parents. I mean, everyone that knew her, this has to be the absolute earth shattering worst news that anyone that knew her could ever hear in their life. But Sierra did get justice because on March 28th of 2018, Worley was found guilty and he is currently on death row and his execution is scheduled for May 20th of 2025. So this is another case that we're covering of a, a teenage girl or a young girl and the murderer is getting the death penalty and this is a different state the first one that we covered that the death penalty was issued was kentucky yep and this is in ohio yeah and that's honestly what he deserved for what he did to her he deserves justice has been served here it's never gonna bring this girl back but this person is not gonna be able to do that to anyone else or hurt anyone else but I want to end on a really positive note. Sierra's family is great. They are amazing people. I've watched so many interviews with them and read quotes from them. And they just want to keep Sierra's story alive. Um, Sierra's story will always be remembered in December of 2018. So this was a few months after he was found guilty. Sierra's law was passed. And this provides a list of offenders living in Ohio who are convicted of specific violent offenses. All right, everyone. And that was the murder of Sierra Joggin. Lindsay, how are you feeling after that one? I am not going to lie. I am emotionally wrecked. Honestly, the manner that she died is so absolutely disgusting. For honestly, lack of better words, no one deserves that. I can't even imagine that things like this take place. No, no. It just doesn't seem real to live in a world where people could be so twisted and 
do these things and knowing that you can just be out riding your bike, things could really just be that simple. I mean, to have children in this world that want to ride their bike. I mean, when I was a kid, I just spent all summer after school, anytime it was nice out on my Mm -hmm. bike without my parents right there. I mean, we do truly live in a different world and we're not, this was not a child that we're talking about. This was an adult. And you think that as an adult that you have the freedom to do these things. And I know her birthday was very close to mine. We're only about a year apart. And I know how my childhood was. I used to walk to middle school every day. I'd meet a friend up there. And I never once thought like anybody could take me away. Anything bad could ever happen to me. And I feel like she grew up that same kind of way. So I just feel like when she's out riding her bike, nobody expects that to happen. Especially in a small town in Ohio where she she was living. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Um but I'm very proud of her family and what they did for her to keep her memory alive. Cause I know I'll always remember Sierra's story. Absolutely. And I think that the things that they have done to spread awareness for her memory have been so commendable and will help so many people moving forward. Something really beautiful you know, has come from such a tragedy. And like we said, we'll link everything down below if you want to donate um, to her, to Justice for Sierra, if you would like to participate in any of the 5K runs, any of the birthday soiree, just anything like that. We'll have everything linked down below to her website. Thank you guys for listening. We truly have been so overwhelmed with the amount that we have received in such a short time. We just hit our one month anniversary of starting our podcast and we have 500 listens in nine countries, which is absolutely mind blowing for us that we just started this as a fun hobby. Um, We like to talk about true crime and we like to hang out. So we thought we'll just, put these together and create something we would love if you would give us a review if you're enjoying our episodes give us those case suggestions we need the case suggestions we have a very long list of ones that we want to cover but we don't want to just tell you about the ones that we want to cover we want to tell you the ones that you want to hear as well So if you have one, please send it. We have a case suggestion on our website. You can email us. You can find us on Instagram. Everything's linked in the website. So I hope that you'll take the time to give us some love and just let us know that you're enjoying what you're hearing as well. We appreciate all of our new work besties that we have, and we are overjoyed by everything you guys are doing for us with your listens, with your reviews, with your likes. We really do appreciate it. And on that note, continue to stay saucy, friends.